now on PG Podcast Network, it's time for the year-round carnival with Vince Accardi and your host, Racetrack Rolfie. G'day, thanks for checking out our year-round carnival podcast, where each and every Monday we have a look at the best racing from Melbourne and Sydney, and we do so via the lens of Vince Accardi from Daily Sexuals. Good morning, mate. Good morning, Ralphie. How are you? Well, I'm well and uh, very, very happy. There are only, we're only five more sleeps until the first group one of the racing season. Can you believe it? The Wig Stakes next Sunday at, at Randwick, so that'll be fantastic. But we're going to look at Rose Hill and Mooney Valley. We'll kick off with Rose Hill, mate. Uh, how did you think the track played? Rose Hill, yes, yes, yes. All right, well, whew, pretty cool. So the 800 metres, almost bang on benchmark, 0.007, to the 600, 0.38 quicker than standard, and then 402, well, the 400, virtually the same as to the 800.1, and the last 200 metres, what we like to see, just a little bit of improvement in that track, 0.73. So that's rock solid right in the middle of uh, G4 and G3. We've just got to move the Autumn Carnival to winter, don't we, in Sydney? <laughs> That's all that has to happen. I cannot believe it. It's unbelievable. <laughs> no doubt at all. Well, look, let's get, even though it's a rosebud, and we'll obviously get to that, uh, and, you know, some, some the, the hint of uh, genuine quality coming through, mm-hmm. how often does Chris Waller make a statement that this is a future Group 1 winner? And he's done that with Alentia that won the fifth race. So I want to kick off with her because, look, uh, she was quite exciting in Brisbane over the over the summer, and then at Randwick. This is the last time we wrote about her in Sizzlers, which was a last run. We thought she was actually going to Brisbane, but uh, there. She was 0.5 length below benchmark, ranked 11th on the day. This is mid, uh, mid-April mid at Ramwick. Improved from minus uh, 1.5 first up Hawkesbury winning narrowly, while plus six wet track indicator was sound. Her best data in her short career was on clean ground. Here, minus 5.8 the 800 before plus 0.2 in the mid-race. That six-length exertion in the going was very solid, very tight. Minus 11.8 was still good enough to win. That included losing 2.3 lengths over the last 200 in isolation. Her first two starts were best of the day midweek Brisbane, 0.3 and 0.8 December with dominant margin wins. Looks ideally suited if heading back there for stakes racing. So instead, he gave her a spell and she returned on Sunday. She looked great. What did the clock say? Yeah, fantastic. Best of the day, Ralphie. 1.1 above. Ranking number one. How cool is that? And just fantastic return to, to racing. Really, when you look at it too, the first section, 4.4 lengths below benchmark, pretty cruisy, excellent move in the mid-race with a plus 3.3. In other words, the acceleration was 7.7 lengths squeeze. And last 400 metres, rock solid, 4.9 faster than standard. A new PB for the horse from that perspective. In fact, it's all around new PB. And I couldn't score it any lower than that. So that's with the adjustment. So good track, yep. 3.9 raw time, and you've adjusted it down to 1.1, which is very strong. And, and not only first up, but I'm also looking here, Second best last thousand of the days. She's broken 55 seconds on raw time. So that's a really big sustained run. Yeah, it was an outstanding run. And I looked at both trials. I mean, both trials were pretty much bang on around 6.3 below standard, even the Canterbury performance. But what was probably more from an inside point of view on the trials was the real big improvement from the first to the second. I mean, early speed-wise, the horse had improved almost seven lengths from one trial to the other. 
And, that, and that's a real Chris Waller 101 stuff, yep. isn't it? He, Absolutely. <laughs> do nothing, now do a little bit. <laughs> yep. And and even in that trial at Canterbury, all the work was over the last two and 400 metres. Didn't ask for a lot through that first half. And that just set it up perfectly for, for a big run. And, and it was a big run. Hopefully they don't have a real quick backup because it might feel that performance. It was pretty solid. Well, not just that, though. I mean, she's a four-year-old, so she's eligible for the Golden Eagle. As I said, Chris Waller really talks his horses up for, you know, for no reason. So to say a coming Group 1 winner, she probably needs to find three lengths. Um, what, what would be your projection just for a bit of fun here in August? I don't see any issues with that. Well, all right. No, that's, none. That's pretty exciting. The other one, race seven, we'll go to now, Chorlton Lane now. We put a huge damp on this horse when he got his first start. And then yes. you, you, got a, you got a member's question about, you know, was there anything in the data to say to forgive it? Now, not only did you write this in your race speed profiles, but on the Monday after his last one, which is on the, uh, well, the show was on the 24th of July, you made it really clear. This was data 101. He went from a slow tempo, booming finish to a fast tempo, and that was entitled to gas him out. So you expected a sharp rebound, and he brought it. He's probably still got more to come. I absolutely brought it. <laughs> Definitely more to come. I mean, the the first section, 3.4 lengths below benchmark, between the 8 and the 4.5 below, and then last 400, 4.3 above. Overall, not as uh, dynamic, obviously, as the winner. Didn't get to benchmark, 0.4 below, 6 best of the day. Mind you, probably, uh, I, I, I marked it pretty close to as low as I could go. There, there might have been half a length there, but very, very close to as low as I could go. Only because I didn't feel that when I compared, let's say, the win, the best performance of the day versus Chorlton Lane, there just wasn't that same movement in the mid-race. And that's probably the only difference. But from a data perspective, the horse just did what it had to do to win. Nothing yeah. more, nothing less. And absolutely going to be improving further from that run. All right. Well, the, the, the feature race was the Rosebud. It was a blanket finish. I just wonder if you, you can pull it apart further. So Tis Invincible won as favourite. Uh, it seemed like um, you're always a bit wary when there's a blanket finish. The, looking at your numbers here, was was the best run the horse that did, was uh, fourth in Cigar Flick. Uh, that's, that's a pretty serious last 400 and even pretty good to sustain 800. Yeah, battle of strategies there, wasn't it, yeah. Rolfie? One's like seven lengths off the leader and the other one's only two. You automatically know where you want to be, right? <laughs> it, cruising. Yeah, and particularly if there's a little bit of a slowdown in the mid-race. Now, mind you, Cigar Flick, you know, with amongst a couple of other runners, they did take advantage of the, the slowdown in the mid-race and, you know, put some good acceleration. But you could also see, like, let's look at Cigar Flick, 9.3 lengths below benchmark through that first 300 metres, still travelling two and a half below between the eight and the four, and then, as you touched on, booming last 400, plus 7.7. That just sort of clearly gives you the indication that the horse had stacks of energy, and they didn't... They chose not to use any of it early, and that's the difference between winning and losing. Perhaps it was this, all about the stable, mate. Uh, in... Uh well, Chris Waller, sorry, who was, was the other horse? Well, there was uh, Tis Invincible. Yep. There was Introducing and the Instructor, right? Yeah. They so, all, yeah, they all ran pretty well. 
So with, with uh, Tis Invincible, it gets the money, uh, 5.4, it's pretty solid, and most of it was in that last 200 metres. And, and, gee, I suppose as, a, as a fundamentally, it'd be where, beware we're under, underestimating a winner. So she's she's returned and did what she wanted. What type of progression has she made uh, prep to prep? Well, from a – if we look at it last campaign, her best performance – was like, this is in a race, was minus 1.8, and that was at Rose Hill over 1,200. But mind you, she did have a trial that was almost benchmark. So I do have an expectation that we have to be running at least benchmark. Yep. And when I look at this performance here, no work in the first half of the race, Ralphie. Just all about the last four, 500 metres that race was, and it was overall 1.9 below. So pretty much has returned to last campaign. Right. So uh, it's how, a good starting much, point, but it's a starting point only. Yeah, it's a good starting point. I feel that there's a little bit of insight between the six and the 400 to give us further clarity about could you at least go to benchmark right now? And there's enough there to sort of indicate that that's definitely there. All right. The ninth race on the program, now we're, we're, doing, uh, we're doing little bonuses for our Group 1 members. And today, oh, there was some good trials last week and the week before. So Warwick Farm and, uh, and Rose Hill last week, uh, likes of uh, Alligator, Blood, Mwanga, Cylinder and uh, Nature Strip. So we'll be talking about them as a Group 1 bonus. If you want to become a member, find my website, racetrackrelfie.com.au. We look after people who look after us. We are corporate bookmaker ad-free. And if you're a group Group one member, you'll get a little bonus on our trials. And the trial last week we spoke about was Pericles Vince about how sharp his finish was. So watching the race, I thought, okay, is he short of fitness here, or has Madame Pomery gone super? By look at the data, uh, they've both gone pretty good. They have, and but the difference here is the change in the speed up through the mid race. Pericles has gone from benchmark to two point four below. So losing acceleration, it's such an important thing that when you lose acceleration in the mid-race and you're fresh, that doesn't work in your favour. And Madame Pomery, who was five lengths below benchmark through the first sections, has really accelerated strongly between the eight and the four. In other words, no slowing of momentum up on the inside with a point three above. Uh, yeah, the big thing here for me is this. The last two and 400 metres, only a half-length difference in the last 200 metres. Madame Pomery plus four, Pericles plus 3.4. In the mid uh, between the four and the two, sorry, even though Madame Pomery's acceleration was a lot better, it was still maintaining that huge speed, you know, the way it was building its momentum, and Pericles was coming off a slowdown. Yep. And there's a length and a half between them. And then when I sort of juggle it up and say, okay, well, the slowdown was two and a half, it's probably we it's still advantage Pericles, not by a lot, maybe by half a length. So if they were to meet again and both had equal opportunities, we'd probably still see the out, same outcome. Right. So, but the, I suppose it's a twofold question. Pericles, they'd be delighted that he's returned like that. Oh. And even though there's a, there's probably a class difference at this stage, for Madame Pomery to really, it didn't come up last prep, really. Uh, but then she's um, she was uh, one of the thousand guineas on bog heavy ground. At least now she's put down a marker saying, I'm a good horse. Oh, for sure. There's no doubt. I, I, I mean, we, we know this horse has got ability. No question about that. Now, in terms of from an IVR perspective, to come back and do a plus one, one, it gives us confidence. We know this horse clearly likes good tracks. I mean, there is a performance going back into early campaign that shows that she can handle wet ground as well. Yep. There's this big possibility she might be a far superior horse on the dry ground. 
Uh, and by the what you've given that hint that Reese Jones got it wrong and he overslowed on Leonard of Silver, but he was second up. So I'm just looking first up. He's done no work first up. He's going to come on as well. Now he's probably not in the same class as the first two, but you think they'll find another winner with him? I hope so. Yes. Yeah. That's a, what's what's he lost there? Nearly five lengths mid race. Yeah, five lengths in the mid race. One of the biggest uh, losers of the the day. All right. Uh, now James McDonald. I reckon he's talking about improving through to prep. I reckon he's a rider who improves through the prep. A great rider, but sometimes in those in those leading weeks, <laughs> he can be costly to putters. I'm not specifically blaming him, but he book end of the day uh, putting putters in a bit of a coma. He started off uh, in the in the first race with uh, with uh, who was that? Uh, sorry, in the yeah early in the day, Cabalas. He found yep. some traffic, and he finished the day doing the same thing on Gaza Blanca. So, for those who were on it, uh, he was uh, he was fresh, and he lost a lot of momentum from the 400 200. I'll ask you about that. Where Smashing Eagle had the full momentum. So, what was the difference there? This is in which race? In the last race there, Gaza Blanca. That uh, the the punters were in a bit of a coma if they took the short price there on his return. <laughs> well, three point three lengths below benchmark through that first section. Yeah, that's three hundred metres, but plus one point three between the eight and the four. And then, as you touched on, Ralphie, this is pretty critical, though. Between the four and the 200, the horse has lost virtually two lengths. That's and then even, the brakes. Yeah, and then the, and the winner's sort of – it lost some as well, but nowhere near as much. We're talking about a half length or three-quarters of a length for the winner, but we're still travelling at a pretty fast speed. Where here, we actually dip from going above benchmark to below. Oh, there's no doubt that hurt. For sure. All right, we'll write them up in our sizzlers. So if you want the best black book information, you get Vince's IVR report and, uh, and my write-ups of uh, horses to follow. And this is the time of year we want to we want to stamp those horses that uh, are coming through. We pride ourselves on getting those future Group One winners. Uh, I think uh, I think we uh, we know, certainly nailed the the journey of Gold Trip last last uh, year. So let's hope we do do something similar in the spring. Let's have a look at Mooney Valley, Vince. Um, now. How often can we say this? But let, let's say it again because for some reason people don't uh, appreciate this. The lanes don't move. So two weeks ago, leader bias track, the lane was out. Uh, the, sorry, the uh, the the um, rail was out five meters on Saturday. The rail back to the true. Where was the best part of the track? I know it's four to six off the fence. That's it. <laughs> Where the rail was. <laughs> every single winner. <laughs> yep. Every single winner. I, I, this track's got problems. Right. This, this track's got problems. No question. So is it, yeah. is it problems at the moment? Uh, because what we tend to see is, unfortunately, and you, you know, you get a feel for them. They race through the summer, and then they, uh, then they, they're forced to renovate in the winter, which is not growing time. So, yeah, so. Is, is this the last year the track's going to be there as well? Well, I suppose is that as well. I think. How it, much yeah. money that did they spend all the money on the track? Yeah, I wouldn't think so. <laughs> well, they, they they've got issues. They've got issues. Right. Okay. They, they've got real serious issues. Yeah. That's so, a very bad bias. And and where where was surprising was you didn't want to be on leaders full stop so uh, you know because and and we knew that pre race we wanted, there was going to be no. a big strip which Correct. was where the winners were two weeks ago so there's that yep yep all yep. right let's have a look at the fifth race here so uh, Mr Oliver got in a little bit of trouble with the stewards because he eased up on uh, Maximilis <laughs> a recommendation charge real hard late but. I thought that was a terrific return from both these horses. And uh, let's face it, we've had a pretty slow winter in Melbourne, but uh, a couple of horses, a little bit of quality about them. Maximilius ran a super race at Flemington uh, two starts back before falling in the Australian Guineas. We stamped him, and recommendations always had a lot of speed. Uh, how did you see the uh, return of these two horses? Well, I thought it was super. I mean, Maximilian, like, 
from my perspective, to return with a above benchmark first up run was fantastic. Absolutely. Plus 1.1, best of the day. Mind your recommendations, produced the second best. They sort of cleared out from, I feel, from the rest of the pack on the day. But Maximilian's the, the starting point. Had some good trials leading in. Yep. Uh, jump out, sorry. But to come back from a first up point of view and really put in a huge, I thought it was huge, the performance. Plus 1.7 first section, 3.4 above between the eight and the four. And you can see the big drop off over the last 200 metres of minus 2.1. Now, I have to state, the reason why I'm saying the Valley's got really big issues, I had to actually rework this entire meeting in isolation. That's how much of an issue the track had. If I had just left everything in the normal fundamental way I do adjustments, you would have been pulling your hair out. How do you apply those figures into the future? So I had to sort of mirror them to see what the variance was, and the variance was just like astronomical. And I ended up with uh, going down the path of treating this as an isolated meeting. And this is what I do with a lot of the synthetic tracks, Ralphie. I have to treat them in isolation because you get really distorted figures. Now, it's unfortunate. I mean, Mooney Valley, we've got 40 years of history that I had to do that. And I rarely do that at Mooney Valley. Maybe I've only done it two or three times in the last 10 years. Yep. And this is what's happened. But Maximilian, to be able to put down that type of performance and have this drop-off still signifies two things. Number one, you can be very confident this they've got this horse airborne and big improvement to come. Now, whether it's going to come, not next start, it might come a run later than that, depending on how much, of a, how much time they give off between runs. But the reality is we're going to see the best this horse has got, and I believe we're going to see a new PB. I mean, 1.7 is where it stands at the moment. We're going to go well past that. So I'll ask you more about recommendation here via the uh, Darren, one of our great supporters, who's asked us, uh, map to lead, Keith Chance's favourite in the race, settles off midfield, which changes the entire dynamic expected performance at Mooney Valley. I checked Stuart's report and recommendation, change the tactics, intention to be further back, settle worse in midfield, held up for clear running from the 400 till straightening. We were not made away aware of this by Stewards prior to the race. Uh, no, I think that's wrong, Darren. I think they actually did um, put out the the, uh, the change of tactics pre-race. I'm sure they did. But that aside, what do you think of, those, of the tactics on the day? It obviously found traffic, so... The, the question is twofold here. How did he actually go through that traffic? And and two, should they have gone back and been as conservative as they were? Well, as it turns out, giving a three-and-a-half length head start, that's the handicap, right? Yep. That's that's the starting point. This is what it's all about. I know Never people talk weight. about the weights. Yeah, they all talk about the weights, but how about we look at the handicap when you're actually in running, like the trots used to do 50 years ago, staggered uh, positioning of horses. Yes. But the reality is three and a half is too much, given that uh, they had Maximilian in the right spot. Between the eight and the 400, what was also interesting, even though the move mid-race was bigger by recommendation, when you look at how far above the benchmark both runners were, Maximilian still outstripped it with a plus 3.4 versus plus 2.9. So I pay a lot of weighting to that. Now, the slowdown, <laughs> traffic, both runners, Ralphie. Well, Maximilian lost 1.5 around the turn between the four and the two, and recommendation lost 1.4. Right. So we're, we're talking virtually the same, right? Yep. 
if we're looking at it from that point of view. Of course, mid-race squeeze-wise, the squeeze was bigger by recommendation, for sure, and the last 200 metres was a much bigger finish. But this was just a demonstration of the reversal of energy. And um, I have to say that that was a bad move from them doing that because if I look at energy distribution, they conserved when they probably didn't need to. And this may all have to do with other things. If you have to have a big hard run first up, that might flatten your horse for a while, right? Yeah. So maybe the intention was we get a little bit further back so we can breathe a lot better and not really bust the horse open. I also heard Dave Eustace Saturday morning, and this is again what oh, I'm not being a smart aleck, and they're, they're masters at what they're doing as trainers, but he was on RSN. I just listened to an hour a week between seven and eight. He said, oh, if anyone can tell me how Mooney Valley is going to play, I'll, I'll be interested. But Mooney Valley, like I said, with the rail back to true, you, 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 all you need to do is be off the fence. So really a wide barrier should be an advantage if you've got speed because you can get where you want to be. Yep. So they really took the conservative option is what I'm saying. They did, and the reality is they might not have got the overall result first, but they've yep. run second, which still, from my point of view, overall, I didn't mark too much between the two, right? Yeah. The only difference I see is that, obviously, I, I feel that Maximilian is, you know, potentially going to go high. Potentially. I mean, the, the Ma used to stay, well, they can do anything. <laughs> well, <laughs> speaking of which, let's get to the mid-race seven because the floating artist returned a winner. Um, now, I'm watching this. The, my, my one thing with Milford was uh, pre-race, has he got another run? Because we often see horses when, they're, when they've been up for a while, you, you just don't know. And he's been very unlucky in three starts, but he's got speed. Uh, Mark Zara didn't use that speed on Sunday, did he? <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, well, here it is. You know, we're going eight lengths below, well, almost nine lengths below standard. That's the leader. Yeah, yeah. This is the leader and floating artist minus thirteen point four. We're three to five lengths off bar- uh, hurdle speed, actually. And Milford fourteen lengths below. Oh, <laughs> crazy, right? Gave it none. Yep. The big thing is though, they've all had to use big moves in the mid race. Yep. Which is, I, I love it when I see that because that just sort of gives us a real insight to how well the horse is travelling. And when you get an overall slow time, this is one way of getting some sort of insight about what the real merit of the performance was. It was it was, it was, was big, really, both horses, the winner and the second horse, De- De- Desperate Strike, they were powerful in the mid-race. Uh, what was it? We got uh, Floating Artist 14.5 length mid-race squeeze, third biggest of the whole day, but... Deep strike, Ralphie, 18.3, biggest squeeze of the day. Yeah. Pretty impressive. And then you look at the last two and 400, they're virtually identical. Yeah, so he's, he's he was deep deep fitness, deep strike. Yep. Uh, had a couple of misses, but he, they got him back on track. So he, he might be able to pinch another race at this time of year before the real class horses come back. And I'll finish with uh, asking about this race, Vince, because it was actually quite a plain meeting. But we've got Caulfield this week, which we can't yep. wait for for the Lawrence. But uh, Darren's also asked about Omni-Man. All runs, current prep, settled leader or leaders back. What our spot intention to Melbourne will be expected to lead at Mooney Valley. Horse settles back and gets through late for second. Unclear why this happened. Very difficult to have these significant changes in position running at track like Mooney Valley. Vince's thoughts, welcome, please. So um, I'll just add that uh, Jordan Childs actually said the horse didn't really show speed, so he uh, he chose to uh, to uh, not bustle him. Uh, clearly, he, he smashed the line when others were getting tired. What were your thoughts as far as what the data's told us on Omni-Man? Well, you you have a look at the campaign. I, I'm going to be on side with the rider here, and you could have some insight 
to that pre-race as well. The reality is this. The horse has been up since May. Yep. And you look through their first section. First up, 0.7 below benchmark, 1,000 metres. Went to 1,100 metres, 2.5 below benchmark, so 1.7 lengths slower. Then had two runs at 1,000 metres, both around minus one. Went to 1,100 Rose Hill, 0.5 above. Like That looked like a real peaking sort of run, like high exertion. Generally speaking, the speed is well and truly gone out of 1,000-metre horses by now. Absolutely right. gone. And here it is. We've gone from uh, 0.5 to, this is 0.5 above, to minus 2.7. And that's in line with what it did around week second up. Yep. But I don't think they could have got the horse to go any faster. And you got the challenge. you always got the challenge as well at Mooney Valley that 1,000 metres, you come straight into an artificial slowdown. You go a couple of hundred metres and you're into that artificial slowdown. Yep. So it's tough. Tough to keep accelerating. Overall performance-wise, point one. that's what I'm looking at. I had a feeling that Omni-Man at best could just hold on to its profile, but there were some signs of deterioration coming, and I feel that we've really seen it now. We've uh, gone to point one above benchmark. That's well behind the last two runs. And when I say well behind, I mean 1.2, 1.4 above, but that's a lot for this horse because... I didn't believe that horse could do any better than that. So we're on a negative taper. Maybe they need to freshen up. I don't know. But still, it was a big run. Second, not going to knock the performance overall. Yeah, it did hit the line hard for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay, well, I can't wait for this week. Good horse returning at Caulfield. Good horse returning at Randwick. Million-dollar Winks Stakes. We'll review it all on Monday on Year Round Carnival. If you're a Group 1 member this morning, you'll be emailed a little bonus podcast because Vince and I are going to look at some pretty sharp trials. But in the meantime, thanks so much for checking out Year Round Carnival.